Hello and welcome to this episode of The Gaming Podcast. The Gaming Podcast is the official podcast of Gaming Magazine, which looks at the video game world with a queer twist. You can check out more from Gaming Magazine by visiting gamingmag.com. That's G-A-Y-M-I-N-G mag.com. New episodes of The Gaming Podcast come out every two weeks. If you're new to the podcast, please click subscribe so you don't miss another episode. We're here celebrating all that's awesome about LGBTQ video gaming, so remember every time you hear the words gaming or gamer, you can go ahead and pop that little letter Y into the middle of them. On the show today, I'm joined by uh, Shay Thompson, gaming presenter and producer. Hello. And Ed Nightingale, freelance writer. Hello. Hello to you both. How are we? Good. Oh. Cold. Yeah. I don't like this time of the year. Night's closing in. Yeah. It's chilly. It's chilly. chilly. Even by London standards, oh, yes. it's chilly. <laughs> So, as always, we kick off uh, with our first segment, which is called What's in Your Slot? Uh, This is where I ask each guest to talk about the game they're enjoying playing at the moment. Uh, I'm going to kick off, um, and I'm playing Outer Worlds on PlayStation at the moment. Nice. Um, It's a really, really cool game. Um, It's very diverse. Uh, We spoke about this a lot on the last podcast, and I know we spoke about it on gaming as well, but Mm. obviously there's the character of Pavati, who's uh, asexual which is great for representation, it's great for the games in general, and it's also one of those segments that isn't sort of most um, reliably and and accurately portrayed in games either. Mm. Um, I find it's actually quite Fallout-based. Obviously, it's done by Obsidian, so it it would be Fallout New Vegas-based. And there's a hint of Borderlands in there, I think, as well, Mm. Um, purely in the art style. Um, And I think the way you can play if you spec in the right direction um you can go into sort of gunslinger territory and and start having a lot of fun in that sort of borderlandsy kind of way but obviously being sort of fallout it's got a lot of story um and it's got some great sort of character um, attributes that you can sort of bend around to your heart's content mm. there's a really good one particularly around uh there's sort of clever use of conversation mechanics so if you spec out your player to be either good at either lying or intimidating or, um, uh, what's the other one, persuading, um, it opens up different sort of conversation options and ways that you can interact with people and different results that you get um, through either lying to them or persuading them uh, or intimidating them. And it's really, really interesting how the sort of game progresses. See, for me, that was like the most interesting part of the game. I'm, I'm reviewing it. <laughs> for another place but we don't talk about that we don't talk about that um yeah i i i think it's fine like as a game i remember i was playing it just before like it came out and i was like i'd be really surprised to see this get like high reviews and then it did i was like are we playing the same game i think (laughs) it it was too fallouty in the Mm. sense that like there would be things I'm like, oh, I bet, for example, when I was killing the robots, I was like, I bet I can get, like, energy cells from this, and it would happen. And I just, I don't know, I don't think the world or the characters are, they don't really grab me, but I don't know. I feel like I'm in the minority saying that. No, I think I can see that. It's mm. it's it's a game that there's n- absolutely nothing new about it. Yeah. That's what I mean by, I said, it's, it's very Fallout. It's got a bit of Borderlands. Mm. It's got a bit of this. I think the more you play it, the more you see, like, oh, that's that, and that's that. There's nobody sort of standing there going, this is actually new. This is, it feels like a fresh thing. Yeah. See, I haven't haven't played it yet, and I really want to. And before it came out, everyone was saying, oh, my God, it's Fallout in space. I was like, wow, Fallout in space, that sounds that sounds amazing. Mm. I definitely want to play that. And then it comes out, and everyone's like, eh, it's Fallout in space. I'm like, 
Oh, it's out of space. <laughs> like, like you say, it doesn't yeah. seem to be anything new, but I haven't played it. I'm very intrigued to. But it's it's worth a play. It's just I think it's a good game. Um, I I mean we're going to talk about this later, obviously, with sort of the game awards. Mm. But it, it is up for a lot of awards. Mm. I mean, it's nominated for game of the year. Which boggles my mm. mind, I swear. <laughs> like, I don't know. When I think of, like, award-winning winning games, I think of something that's prestigious and, you know, something that has an impact. And I think with the Outer Worlds, I need to be careful not to say the Outer Wilds, yeah. um, <laughs> it, it just, it's not distinct. It doesn't have any impact for me. And I think, yeah, being up for mm. awards is very questionable, but mm. we can get into that and the ethics and everything <laughs> surrounding the game awards. So uh, that's my game. So Shay, do you want to go with yours? Uh, so I'm playing, I'm always playing like loads of different things. I never finish them. But uh, <laughs> at the moment I'm playing Sayonara Wild Hearts. Game of the year, like hands down. Yes. Even though it was like, you know, you could finish it in one sitting. I think just like stylistically and like visually, it like it's distinct. It like had an impact on me and like it's a cutesy story, even though... Yeah, like, you know, there's no dialogue or anything apart from, like, Queen Latifah narrating, which is just oh, so good. Like, why why is she not in more games? Um, it, it's really fun, and I really like um, rhythm games, and that's exactly what it is. But the music in that game is so good. Like, it's something that you can, like, listen to on Spotify. I think it actually is on Spotify. It is, it is. And it's, yeah, such a fun soundtrack. And I think, yeah, it just feels, like, really satisfying to play and, like, actually getting a gold medal um, at the end of each level which I don't have for all of them, but I do have for some of them. It's just, yeah, really, really entertaining. And it's weird that, you know, there are these big 60-hour-long games, but it's this one, you know, kind of indie game that's about 90 minutes long that's, like, grabbed my attention the most. I love that yeah, game. It's, it's so, good. so good. And it's literally, you know, it's like, what, 90 minutes long? Yeah. It's li I mean, they call it a pop album video game. Yeah. And you are basically playing a pop album it's mm. the length of a pop album the music is just as good as any other pop album this yeah. year it's this like scandy dream pop kind of thing yeah. that i just would love to listen to and do listen to separately mm. um and the visuals are so unique yeah. um and it fits so well with with the music and everything that last level is just genius so it just keeps going on yeah and on. i was like and there's I, another bit yeah. and you're like ah! I was like, I don't know how long this is going for, but I don't want it to stop either. It was, yeah, just like an absolute delight to play. And I think I think for me, especially nowadays, my time is so limited, knowing that like there is a clear intention with a game and, you know, it like executes that perfectly from start to finish is is important for me. And Sayonara Wild Hearts delivers on that in every single way. It's so good. There's Absolutely. a whole sort of thing around that about the sort of length of a game, isn't mm. there? Because that's sort of one of the big good sort of like the blessings of Outer Worlds. Yeah is it, it doesn't crack on. It has a very finite kind of story mm. that you get through, you have a bit of fun, you deal with it, you move on with life. I mean, how, it's how not long is it? it's not 90 minutes, but <laughs> it's not Witcher 3, put it that okay, way. Okay, good. Um, it has, like, you can do as many side missions as you want, it's got yeah. a load of sort of stuff, but if you more or less just want to plough on and just get the story done, yeah. um, go for it. One tip, actually, sorry, just to backtrack on Outer Worlds, stop jumping off ledges. You're not playing Borderlands. That There is consequences. <laughs> I think that's just for you, Robin. And it, and, and it came up saying you're now crippled. And I'm like, wow, thank you. Um, and it's like, your, your speed's going to go down. I'm like, oh, great. So now I have to limp everywhere. So I'm now limping in a game, apparently. Yeah, so anyway. I never had that happen to me. You need to stop jumping off those <laughs> yeah. ledges. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that's just a Borderlands thing of like, I'm just going to go down there. Right, I have to go there. So I'm just going to jump there. That doesn't Terrible. work. Borderlands Ed, on the brain. <laughs> what you, yeah, exactly. And Lego. Borderlands yes. and Lego. 
Uh, me, I have been playing uh, Pokemon fairly predictably. Um, now, for me, I haven't played a Pokemon game since Pokemon Blue. Mm. So we're talking about like 20 years ago. Um, and I kind of missed them all and thought, right, now is the time to get back into it. It's, you know, it's the new home console edition. It's going to be amazing. And, you know, there's been a lot of criticism about it. Um, you know, people saying it's kind of an empty world and the animation's not very good. And I kind of don't care about any of that because yeah. for me, like, it's in colour. That itself is, like, mind-blowing mm. to me having, you know, been in Pokemon Blue. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's got this real nostalgia hit to it, um, which it's it's like the same music, the same kind of structure. And a lot of people are saying, look, it hasn't changed and it hasn't evolved, excuse the pun, um, <laughs> in that time. And for me, like, I don't care about that. I love that it's just this old school nostalgia hit. Um, you know, for me, I think a lot of the criticism comes from the fact that it feels like it's got the budget and the production values of a handheld game, which follows on from all the previous ones mm. because they were handheld games. Um, and for that reason, I actually, it's probably the only Switch game I prefer playing in handheld mode because mm. it just feels like that's where it fits. Yeah. And you put it on a big screen and it sort of blows up and feels a bit empty. And I, I kind of understand the criticism there. Um, but it plays like a handheld game. Sure, that means it doesn't live up to the potential of this home console Pokemon game, open world, sprawling, Pokemon living everywhere. Like, you know, this isn't Detective Pikachu. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what people were expected and that's not what it is. And so there's a, there's a sense of disappointment there. And if the next game ends up being very similar, then, then I'll mm. come back and I'll tell mm. you I'm disappointed. Mm. But for now, like... It's, it just feels like a continuation of the series, a series I haven't played for 20 <laughs> years. Um, but I'm absolutely loving it. I just think the, the, the whole collecting Pokemon, evolving them, battling them is so inherently fun that even a not-quite-so-good Pokemon game that people are up in arms about is still a very, very good, solid video game that is so much fun to play. Mm. Um, it's simple, it's easy... I'm not rushing through it. I'm 25 hours in. I've done, what, five gym challenges? Mm. Some people have completed it in that time. But I'm just taking my time exploring and having a wonderful time. I honestly, like, I, I have, I'm about to start playing it. I don't really know what else people want from it. Like, Pokemon isn't one of those series that, like, has a ton of depth to it. I have this theory that the next step up from Pokemon is Monster Hunter. I don't know if you've, like, played that. Mm. And, yes, Because it's the same thing where all you do is, I mean, it's it's kind of more sinister like you hunt the monsters you skin them you make armor from them and they... <laughs> so, so the next pokemon game maybe it's more people running if around skinning that, pikachu. Yeah. Skin pikachu if it doesn't have skinning pikachu in it then i'm like okay fine i, get I the would criticism. play that game honestly yeah i'm like you know po monsander is the next step up from pokemon and yeah so i don't i don't kind of get the um the criticism about it being an empty game because like what what do you want? Like, what are you expecting? Maybe there are, like, fair things. People, feel free to, you know, at me with that. But yeah. I I don't know. I, I can't really see what else people want. Like, you know, it, it's giving you that world. It's giving you the setting. setting. It's giving you more Pokemon. Like, what more is there supposed to be? And just in terms of it, like, graphically, people need to realise, like, the Switch doesn't have, like, that many graphical capabilities. Like, what are you expecting? Like, you know, The Witcher 3 levels of you know production values visually because you're not getting that like we spoke about that on that actually on the last mm. episode um because i think it was amy or matt that was sort of saying about how it is still a switch mm. and the switch is not 
an Xbox One X. No. It's not a PlayStation 4. It hasn't got that grunt under the bonnet. And no. I think it's having a, a device, or, or having the expectation even, that, I mean, how many Pokemon are we up to now? thousand or so? Oh, how on earth did anybody think that all thousand-odd Pokemon are all going to be in this game? All individually animated, all yeah. individually um skilled up and whatever else it's give game freak a decade maybe, yeah. they'll, maybe yeah. they'll come back with that, that that's <laughs> that's like i mean red dead 2 is not that big and that's mm. huge yeah um but no i, th- I think uh, it, it was always going to be one of those games that was always going to piss off somebody 50 percent of the yeah. audience wasn't it because mm. as you say it's it, for a lot of people and we are talking about a, a, a beautifully um obsessed group of people um you're never ever going to be good enough like Game Freak could release the game of the decade mm. with the new Pokemon, with skinning Pikachu and everything, and someone somewhere would be like, "Well, it doesn't have that." Yeah, someone yeah. would just pick at it sort of a little bit. But. Yeah, I mean the structure of it, it, it's very linear, and you know there aren't any complex dungeons or anything. It's just you go down Route One, you get to a gym, you do that, you go to Route Two, you do a gym. Mm. Like it's very simple, very linear. There's not a lot of exploration. Um, and, you know, there's a few little NPCs to talk to. Like, it, it feels like a Game Boy game. But yeah. then it's this very whimsical, childlike kind of adventure. And very few games get that right mm. um, and just give you that sense of wonder of, wow, I'm exploring this this whole new world with these weird creatures everywhere that I can put into a miniature ball. Like, what? Yeah. It's so weird, but it's so good. And I don't, like, we don't need everything to be open world and, like, you know, have a ton of fetch quests. Because that's essentially what, like, open worlding a game is. Mm. Like, it's just adding tons of fetch quests. I don't think it needs that. Like, that's not what Pokemon is. Like, You're you're absolutely right. And it comes Mm. back to what we mentioned earlier about how sometimes having a game that's only going to last 90 minutes or having a game that is literally A to B to C done, actually, it's not a bad thing. Yeah. It's actually quite nice. There is value in it, yeah. yeah absolutely. Sure. You know, the story's pretty short, but the side quest is you've got to catch them all. Exactly. Exactly. You've still got yeah. hundreds of them to do. So. Yep. yep. Uh, we'll be back with what's hot on Game Magazine right after this break. Shay, the new year is coming up. What's your New Year's resolution? Well, we all know if I tell someone, it doesn't come true. That's true. Uh, But if yours was to look for a new job in the video game industry, where would you start? I have no idea, but I'm sure you do. I do indeed. I would head to Skill Search. Their mission is to end every recruitment experience with exceptionally happy people. What makes them so special? Well, they're a skilled team of niche experts who immerse themselves in the skills of those they work with. They've even set up their own teams like a typical studio structure. Plus, they've been in business for nearly 30 years. In fact, it's their 30th birthday in January. Are they just based in the UK? No, not at all. They have a global reach working with clients and candidates across Europe, Asia and North America. And you know, because of their global network and an industry where people willingly relocate for the perfect opportunity, they're skilled not only in helping people find their dream job, but they're also relocation specialists too. They even include city guides in all of their job listings. Okay, that's awesome, but how do they know for sure that my skills match the vacancies? Well, Skillsearch understand the people they work with and have excellent insight into the game's job markets thanks to off-site meetings, industry events and their salary and satisfaction survey. In fact, the salary and satisfaction survey is now in its sixth year and they'll be launching this year's questionnaire in mid-December. Okay, I'm sold. Maybe I will start job hunting in the new year. Well, go check out skillsearch.com to start looking. There are hundreds of jobs online right now. Okay, I'm 
off. Wait, wait, we have the rest of the podcast to get through first. Too late. I'm going job hunting. Welcome back. Uh, I'm here with Shay and Ed, and this segment is called Best of Gaming, where we talk about our pick of the latest stories from Gaming Magazine. Shay, do you want to get us underway? What are you reading at the moment? Um, so the story about, you know, the is it Activision CEO saying that games aren't political? I I have like so many complicated feelings about this. I think it's so irresponsible for, you know, the heads of these companies to come out and say, oh, we don't make political games. First of all, that's not true. Like art in and of itself is inherently political. There's no getting away yep. from that. I think maybe sometimes... Um, I guess as like games media, there's, I guess there's pressure to kind of broach the subject, but I feel like we're we're asking the wrong question. Like we shouldn't say, oh, like, do you make political games or do you consider your games to be political? I think what we should be saying is your game touches on themes of politics regarding X or Y. Why? And like that, that should be how we start the conversation, not, you know, leaving room for like interpretation and stuff. Like we know at this point that games are political. We shouldn't, shy away from that i think doing that does everybody a disservice because then it gives gamers this um this kind of pass to say oh well you know why do i have to think about politics Mm. in my game i think that's where that mindset comes from and if we can kind of challenge that a bit it's interesting and i'll I'll probably raise it one step further that Mm -hmm. that games um have an absolute right and a a demand to be political yeah yeah I I think they are sort of a a, a media form that actually is designed to challenge people's political views. Totally. And I think the more that happens, that can only be a good thing. Mm. Um, So for somebody to come out, particularly the CEO of a a very big... I mean, Activision Blizzard, for God's sake. Yeah. To come out and say, we're not political. It's so irresponsible. Utter nonsense. Yeah. And I th- yeah, that's what I was saying. Like, I think like it really does set the tone for when you talk to gamers about politics in the video games. They're like, I don't want to think about that. And it's like, no, you should. And like the fact that you're able to kind of separate like games and politics, first of all, is very telling of your privilege. There's a lot of privilege in being able to do that. But also like, why why do we or why are we so hesitant to think a bit deeper about the media that we consume? Like, it's not a bad thing. Like, you know, some games you know aren't political or maybe not not political but don't necessarily have like an overt message in them but just like by nature of existing you know like we don't exist in a vacuum you know there's a trickle down as an influence on everything and and, and, and people have those influences Mm. and people that write and do art and whatever they are by nature political exactly and i find it hilarious coming from the CEO of Activision Blizzard <laughs> because they do Overwatch. Yeah. Which is, if you look at it in a certain light, one of the most political games yeah. that's been out for a long time. You've got a cover of the game that has a lesbian character on it. Mm. It's got improving representation. <laughs> they, yeah. I don't know about that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> From an LGBT point of view, yeah. which they sort of seem to have made up as they go along. Um yeah, but but they're they're taking steps. There there are decisions that are being made that are in the political sort of sphere. I mean, the the, the argument about the sort of the whole Russian thing. Yeah, that, that was a huge God. Yeah, that was a huge thing. Literally, so, like rewriting history and like you yeah. know the, some of the things, some yeah. of the themes they touched on in that game. Like mm. you, that's inescapable from its real life like political counterparts. Absolutely. So to come out and say that, yep. like I said, it's just straight up r- irresponsible. Mm. And you know. Yeah, I don't know. It it really boggles the mind at it, like how it gives certain yeah. areas of the internet and mm. the gaming world a free pass. Yeah, and that's what really bugs me, particularly mm. in the current age. 
in the current climate of where we are at the moment, it's literally saying to the worst of the internet that, that you're it, okay, that like you're, you're fine, yeah. it doesn't matter, games aren't political, and it, it, that that something it, something not being political, games not being political, or TV or film or Hollywood not being it, it, the same phrase gets used by a lot of horrible, horrible people to yeah. defend their views. Uh, the same people that say something's not political are also the same people ranting on about free speech, by the way, yeah. which is inherently a political mm. thing. So, I mean, it's just, for me, it, it, when that came out, <laughs> I think a lot of different uh, gifs or gifs, depending on which way you pronounce it, are yeah. used with people's replies, but I think there's a lot of eye rolls in there. Yeah. A lot yeah. of eye rolls. I feel like developers are kind of scared to be political because they don't want to piss people off thinking mm. well then people won't buy our game yeah. and ultimately it's the game's industry it's a business you want to make money mm. so you want to kind of stay neutral but at the same time you know if video games are the most consumed media then that's a real opportunity to make a positive political mm. statement in some way mm. and i think that you know you mentioned you mentioned overwatch you know there are probably people there who do value the diversity of the of the characters Absolutely. and and you know that makes them want to play it more and that's a positive thing and you know maybe if more people were more political in inverted commas mm. um and took a statement in some direction that actually people might identify with that and it might make more people buy them rather than less yeah we need yeah. this world to be more politically engaged yeah. we want people to have an opinion i want a game to offend someone because at least it elicits an opinion from yeah. them. Yeah. I think neutrality is a farce. And yeah. I think even by taking a quote-unquote neutral stance, you are essentially endorsing certain opinions. And it's why, you know, in a lot of, like, Activision Blizzard games, there is, you know, like, rife harassment mm. and, you know, Absolutely. stuff along those lines. And it's because they haven't come out and said... Like, even just a pithy statement saying, oh, you know, we stand against abuse, like... That I have never seen them say that, but yeah. I have seen them say that you know they don't consider their games to be political. I think, exactly. yeah, that's a very specific message that they're sending. Exactly. Mm. Yeah, they're just holding their hands up, like, yeah, no, yeah. this isn't our responsibility. You're the gamers. You enjoy our product. Off you go. Oh. Yeah, it's it's all about the bottom line. Let's be honest. It is oh, one hundred percent. It's it's we're gonna try to strike the most neutral position possible because mm. we want everyone to buy our games and we're not gonna piss anyone off. And it's like, well, actually, I kind of like you to piss some people off. One hundred percent. You shouldn't be taking dirty money. I cannot stand me a centrist. Oh, I just, oh, it's even worse. So at least, you know, if you come out on like the far right, I'm like, cool, I know where I stand with exactly. you. You're a scumbag. Cool. <laughs> but yeah, no. Yeah. No. Fence sitting. <laughs> uh, Ed, what's caught your eye on Gaming Magazine this week? So I'm going to take you back to 2001. And a little game that came out called Conker's Bad Fur Day, which at the time I definitely was not old enough to play. <laughs> Thank you, Mum. And my favourite level in that was the poo level, because there was a boss called the Great Mighty Poo, who was an operatic singing turd. Um, and I can still remember the lyrics to this day. I absolutely loved it. Now, the reason I bring that up... You might be, wow. <laughs> From politics to poo. Okay, well, um, some would argue it's the same thing. There's <laughs> um, probably an operatic shithead somewhere in politics. Yeah, exactly. Um, so there is a game coming out, uh, which we had an article on, um, called Chorus, an Adventure Musical, uh, coming from Summerfall Studios. And it's... I think the first time in a long time that I can think of you know, musical theatre in some way being represented in a video game. Um, so it's the creative director is David Gader, uh, who worked on Dragon Age. Mm -hmm. 
um, and there's Liam Esler who work for Obsidian as well. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some. It's basically just been kickstarted. There are videos online explaining what the game's about. Um, David Gator literally opens a video with the line, Persephone is a stone-cold bitch, which immediately made me want to <laughs> play it. Um, so it's based on Greek mythology, and the whole thing is through sung, all the dialogue is sung, um, different dialogue choices you make affect uh, the story and the music. Um, and, you know, it's it's got this rock opera feel. It's it's incredibly catchy. It's got LGBT characters. It's camp. It's melodramatic. Like, what more could you want in a video game? I am beyond Sold. excited. Yeah, for this I game. know. Yeah. So exactly. Excited. We, when, um, it was Amy, actually, that wrote that article. So when Amy and I found out that was happening, I think we, I can't remember which way, we someone shared the link one way or the other. And, and we were... It was like just we didn't even know who was involved with it. It was literally this is a this is a musical game. Yeah. And at that point, I was sold already because I love me a musical. Absolutely. Um, and then when you find out the people behind it, I'm like, I'm surprised we're even having to kickstart it. Yeah. Like, why on earth is hasn't a publisher somewhere you gone just, have, yeah. have all of our money exactly? Because yeah. that is just as a concept. I mean, I think. My understanding of why they decided to kickstart it is they didn't want their hands tied by a publisher. Mm, so I think they're tra- that they want to self-publish because they they know this game. I mean, opening with those lines, having LGBT characters, having the sort of the the musical dialogue style of things. I think they were perhaps a bit nervous about how this might play out. Yeah. If a publisher got involved and waded in with their kind of like, well, we need to make money, so you can't do this and you can't do that and you can't do that. Yeah, and like especially like David Gator's mm. experience with working with publishers, yeah. like, yeah, it yeah. doesn't surprise me at all. But yeah, I think you know, I think it's fully funded at this point. Like, yeah, it has been fully funded. Yep, threw money at yep. it because yeah, we need this. Why would you not? Why would you not? Hook it into my veins. And Absolutely. we're hoping. Uh, I believe we're still. Uh, we were in contact with them, and I believe we have an interview coming out with them uh, soon-ish. Hopefully, mm. uh, but, what, but yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah. I mean, what I also like about it is that I feel like it's indicative of this trend of of games being more experiment experimental with music mm-hmm. um, and using music in a different way. I think you know often music or, or developers will think of gameplay and plot and then just slap some music on afterwards. Mm-hmm. It's a very sort of film cinematic way of thinking. And actually, there are developers now who are thinking of music more is a more integrated part of the gameplay. So if you think of something like Crypt of the Necrodancer or Cadence of Hyrule, you know, it's inherently a fantasy roguelike dungeon crawling game, but with this musical twist that no one's done before. Mm. Um, or, you know, I've been playing a game recently called Wonder Song that came out a couple of years ago um, on the Switch. That is essentially you play as a bard who sings his way through the world um, to solve puzzles and help people and instead of battling enemies you sing at them Um, and it's got this very wholesome positive kind of vibe but it's about using music to interact with the world in some way Mm. Um, No Straight Rose is another one coming out next year that, that is using music in that way it's an action platform game but with this huge kind of musical vibe to it, everything's in rhythm, um, you know, and, and the world is is influenced by music. So there's all these music games coming out that aren't just rhythm games in yeah. your Guitar Hero kind of vein. Even Sayonara, okay, it's, it is a rhythm game, but it's, it's a pop music album video yes. game, which kind of adds this kind of pop twist to it. And I just think it's a really exciting time for music games and music mm-hmm. in games. There's people experimenting in ways that just hasn't been done before. Absolutely, and I think that's really exciting, and I'm very much looking forward to it. Me too.
Um, so I'm going to go slightly different. So um, <laughs> what I've been reading on uh, Going Magazine is all of our Black Friday deals. Um, so, I mean, by the time this episode comes out, it will actually be out on Black Friday. That's so it. happy Black Friday, everyone. I hope you're all broke <laughs> and I hope you've all sort of spent ludicrous amounts of money and <laughs> ridiculously far, over sort of reached beyond tempted kind of ways. Of <laughs> I don't need this, but it's Black Friday so and it's 10% off, so I do need this. Um <laughs> We have produced quite a few articles on gaming um, regarding sort of Black Friday deals. We have our our live tracker of our favourite Black Friday gaming 2019 picks. Um, I mean, they got some really good deals. There are some good deals yeah. out there. So, I mean, uh, Curry's in the UK are currently offering Nintendo Switch Neon and Pokemon Sword Bundle. Uh, down to £279. Get it now. Which yeah. is ridiculous. Something I found out about that, by the way, for people listening who probably have already bought it, so sorry in advance, <laughs> some places, I think Argos, the uh, device they're bundling is the old Switch. Ooh. Not the new Switch. Ooh. That's mean. So be uh, word of advice, and, and con- proper. this is proper consumer advice, by the way, people. Make sure you pick the right box when you're going to get your bundle because you want to get the new one and not the old one. Um, Google online how you decide which uh, box is the right one to get because I can never remember. It's something to do with the design on the front of it or the colour of the box itself. I'm sure there's a number on the, there somewhere. There's a, it's very obvious, apparently, if you know it. So have oh. a Google, know it. Uh, PlayStation's uh, offering up to 40% discount across uh, a lot of its digital content. Yeah, um, I had a look at that. Like, yeah. there are some really like I think, um, like Horizon Zero Dawn mm-hmm. is like I think twelve ninety nine or something, and like it's Bargain. like the complete yeah. edition. I think yeah. I'm gonna buy it again yeah, yeah, just because yeah. <laughs> it's Black Friday. <laughs> just because <laughs> don't even need it. <laughs> this is exactly what we needed to do for Black Friday. Um, we have a link on our site through to the PlayStation's one. There are hundreds on that list, all ranging sort of like down to from f- up to forty percent off. And some really, really good stuff yeah. on there. Not even like nice. crappy stuff. Um, similarly, uh, Game in the UK is offering an Xbox One X limited edition uh, premium bundle, um, which includes a wireless Elite controller, uh, a few games, and includes uh, FIFA 20 and Borderlands 3 mm-hmm. uh, for £719. Mm-hmm. Which is really fucking expensive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if, tell me if I'm wrong, but the One X is the one without the slot on the front as well. Oh no, that's um no the one X is yeah. the one you want. Oh, that's the one like X the, is the one. Yeah, 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 the that's premium. The that's one. it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that's the one. Because I think one. the digital one. I don't know what it's called, but that's the one that doesn't have a slot on the front. Got it. I think it is called just called the digital one. Yeah. Uh, if you're in the USA, there's some good deals that have just gone live. Um, so Best Buy in the US is offering another Xbox One X bundle, it's a terabyte one with Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Has anyone played Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order yet? Cause it Not looks yet. stunning. R- Oh, that is not where I thought that sentence was. Okay, yeah, I was well, like, okay. with that protagonist, oh, well, Cal Michaelman, uh, right, that's okay. not his last name. <laughs> I'm just like, he looks... Basic Skywalker. Honestly, it's, am I... Yeah. Not the, for me. The, the, there was a beautiful quote um, that somebody said, like, um, this game is going to feature a whole sort of plethora of aliens from across the galaxy, but it's still going to be led by a white male. Oh, he's ginger, so that's different. Oh, well, that's a protected group, isn't it? <laughs> Can we say that? <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just did. <laughs> um, plus, the boyfriend's ginger, so I sort of get that point. I okay, suppose. cool. That's um, fine. I'm not going to get in trouble for that. No, so. no it's fine. It's I, I said it. I'll, I'll stand by it. I think um, give that game or give it like six months. It'll be a PS Plus game. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. I'm like, just um, wait. Okay. <laughs> yeah, just wait until then. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm not going to bother. Um, and the last one uh, is cyber deals with Nintendo Switch's eShop up to 70% off. Nintendo don't do discounts. No. Yeah, exactly. So this is your annual time to go and get a Nintendo game that's discounted. God. <laughs> And apparently there's some really good deals on that list as well. It's not just like the tiny little indie things that you can pick up for a quid. Although you can actually pick up some really good indie games for a quid at the moment. Um, Even away from this, I picked up Hollow Knight the other day for a tenner. That um, is well worth. Yeah, which is worth a tenner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For the music alone, as you say. It's one of those more sort of beautiful things. Um, That's... All on our site. Go and check out gamemag.com, G-A-Y-M-I-N-G, mag.com. Loads of stuff on there. Um, That was just one list. We have other lists as well. I'm going to quickly chuck out the fact that we actually have our own Black Friday deal at the moment. Um, So we have 15% off all of our merch. Uh, That is gamingmag.com forward slash merch. We have UK, EU and US and Canada shops. So go and buy some fun T-shirts, bags, caps, hoodies, etc. All at 15% off. For nice. two weeks up until the middle of December, I think. Oh, that's really good, actually. It's a you. while. Hmm. It wasn't us. It was a thing that we <laughs> the host site someone said, right, it's 15% off. So that's it. That's cool. But you go and enjoy that 15% off because it really matters and it's really cool. Mm. And you get some free delivery if you spend enough as well. So that's a good in, in, um, incentive. Thank you. There incentive you to spend money. Um, we're back in just a minute to talk about this week's hot topic right after this break. <laughs> Amy, you love yourself some merch, don't you? Yes, I love some merch. Well, brace yourself, we now have gaming merch. Ooh. Yes, indeed. We have caps, t-shirts, hoodies, bags, and so much more with three amazing designs. We have the gaming magazine logo design, alongside two really cool wordy designs, one saying game on and one saying let's go gaming. And yes... That is with the Y in the middle of those words. They sound awesome and I want them all. Well, Amy, you and all of our UK and EU listeners can head to gamingmag.com forward slash merch. That's G-A-Y-M-I-N-G mag.com forward slash merch right now and go shopping. It's Christmas coming up too, don't forget. So go treat yourself and your gamer friends. Gamingmag.com forward slash merch, you say? Yes, indeed. Gamingmag.com forward slash merch. Welcome back. I'm still here with Shay and Ed. We always finish up the podcast with the Hot Topic segment, a small discussion about a big topic. This week's Hot Topic is the Game Awards. Uh, The Game Awards are annual awards uh, that are held in LA. Uh, This year's is being held on the 12th of December, and they were first awarded back in 2014. Uh, Previous years have seen games such as God of War, Zelda Breath of the Wild, and Overwatch take home the top title of Game of the Year. Uh, this year's nominations are available, and we're going to have a quick chat through uh, some of the highlights of the lists now. He says, pulling the list up in front of him and going to the bottom. There's a lot here. A lot. Too many. The, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'd hate to be sitting in this audience just listening to people just reel off. And they're the same categories. I was just about to, like, the same categories. I, I'm i not convinced about these awards. I saw, like, people, like, you know, mudslinging back and forth. They were like, you know, why do the game awards have to exist in the first place? And then I saw some people making the argument for, you know, it's good to have, like, a prestigious... Um, sort of body recognize these games first of all like they're not recognizing like loads and loads of indie games or anything like that Sayonara Wild Hearts is not on this list which is just criminal but also like 
I don't know. It it kind of feels like a circle jerk moment for mm. Jeff Keeley just to kind of like you know make friends and hype up like Hideo Kojima, which I still think I've got conspiracy theories about <laughs> it being like a weird like one sided friendship. But anyway, yeah, it is hard. I mean, we'll we'll get to it in a second. There's a lot to get through, but there is it is odd how some of these games have been out for like a day, yeah, and, and are suddenly nominated in 101 different categories. Yeah, yeah. Um, there are a lot of esports stuff. Um, which is nice. I will say it's nice to see like esports get recognition outside of just the esports awards. Yes. But they have not like represented fighting games very well. So I'm very judgy at that. Well, there's also an issue around best esports player as well mm. from an LGBT point of view. Yeah. Where the hell is Sonic Fox? He's like the best yes, absolutely. esports player, yeah. period. Like, yeah. I mean, for those who don't know, Sonic Fox is a black gay furry. Yeah. Who. Um, basically is one of dominates fighting yes. games like he statistically yeah, the best games like and... has, so the only other person to like win not i i mean i don't have these specific numbers but like so justin wong is like you know a fighting game mm. veteran but like sonic fox has won in so many different games like mortal kombat 9 10 11 skull girls i think he started off in like soul caliber um yeah like he, he just... won last year though what do you mean best esports player at the game awards he won last year oh but, Maybe that's why. But, but, but equally though, mm. he still he still, he's the best. He still had a <laughs> no 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 no. But he still had a really good year. Yeah yeah. He's he's. I mean, I haven't. I don't particularly follow mm. esports that closely. I'll hold mm. my hand up and shame myself. But there there was. Um, he's been in the news. Yeah. And he's still out there. He's yeah. and, and I think that's it. It's consistency. And I think mm. his ability to play a lot of different games as well. That's yeah. always. I mean, people. Who are, who play that one game and are absolutely brilliant to that one game? But he mm. plays like Everything. every game. Yeah, Dragon Ball Fighters. Yeah, like, he could yeah, probably just... pick Pokemon up and play it and win and collect and <laughs> now now and, 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 and collect them all in far. about ten minutes. Mm. <laughs> um, um, we'll skip over the rest of the esports stuff because whatever. Um, the content creator of the year uh, award uh, again. Mm. We had yes, there is that. Uh, <laughs> Jack Benjamin David Michael. Make of that what you will, um, and then we will have Soleil, who's a thirteen-year-old yeah, girl, yeah, deaf she, girl. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she, I think, was, I think, you know, had some presence in the Fortnite World Cup, mm. and is also the first girl signed to Phase Clan, which is like a huge mm. esports organization. So, so that's pretty exciting. Yeah, really exciting, actually. Um, Do we think she's going to win? I hope so. Yeah, um, let's hope. Yeah, I think you know, in terms of you know people who are like impactful and mm. influential on this list like i guess it depends on what your meaning of those words are but i think you know there is no better like message oh, to no, send to so many different people absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah 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 to have yeah this i mean it, we are going to sort of work our way through this whole mm. list quickly um <laughs> and, quickly and and pick the one that we would have win um whether that correlates into who actually wins yeah um mm. We'll talk about politics again. <laughs> um, best multiplayer game. So there's Apex Legends, Borderlands 3, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, Tetris 99, and Tom Clancy's The Division 2. Now, mm. <laughs> so Borderlands. Let's just, do, let's just do the whole Borderlands thing for a second. Borderlands exists as a couch co-op. It is the last bastion of the couch co-op. It, and... Borderlands 3, uh, was very excited to play Borderlands 3, turned it on, me and my boyfriend sat there, couch co-op, horizontal only split screen. So it, absurd. In, <laughs> in a game that has a very, very sort of vertical field of view. And 
if one of so also when you go into your menu and uh, gun selecting and gun comparisons, squidging that much information down into a t- and not even changing the menu layout. So literally condensing the menu list into that tiny little bit at the top of your sixteen point nine, sixteen point four and a half or whatever screen. It's just ridiculous. You, you're literally sat on the floor in front of the TV just to compare pistols. Uh, that's not at you. Whatever. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> Sorry, that was too easy. It's more, it's more of a rocket launcher. Um, <laughs> um, oh fuck. Um, no. So um, uh, horizontal, horizontal split screen. Plus, when one of you goes into your menu and the other one's having a roam around. The other one that's free playing is all jittery because they've got the massive frame rate issues. So sorry, Boldlands 3 and Gearbox and 2K, but if (laughs) if you're entering a competition to be best multiplayer, get the bloody multiplayer right. It's the only reason you're still doing what you're doing is because you are the multiplayer couch co-op shooter blaster game. Mm. Rant over. So Apex Legends, (laughs) Boldlands 3, Call of Duty, Tetris 99 or Tom Clancy's The Division. I'm gonna say Apex just because yeah. I'm not I'm not very good at Tetris, uh, but I know people love Tetris 99. Like, and it's been cool seeing like so many unexpected people play um, Tetris because I I see like a lot of like older ladies, for example, who were like king at Tetris back nice. in the day. I like, really get into it, so that's great for them. But I'm terrible at it, so mm. I'm gonna say Apex. I had a lot of fun. Like, it's a really fun shooter, which is quite rare for me to say. So mm. I didn't play. But uh, from like from news coverage and support, I think I'd probably go with Apex as well. Okay. Mm. I feel like my my question is: there's best multiplayer game, there's best community support game, there's the best ongoing game. Mm. I'm like, this is same just way. essentially what's the best online game? Mm. Like, yep. and it's essentially the same games nominated. Yeah. Um. So it I, it just feels like a waste. Uh, best strategy game. Um, oh. Age of Wonders, Anno 1800, Fire Emblem, Three Houses, uh, Total War, Three Kingdoms, Tropico 6, and Wargroove. I know what you're going to say. Just get it out of your systems. Fire, Fire Emblem! Emblem. Oh. Like, hands down! <laughs> what? It's the easiest one. Yeah. Despite the cock teasing. It was fine for me. Well, like, there were sure plenty of lady <laughs> romances, but yeah. <laughs> Um, moving on Uh, okay so best family game so this is the game for families to play Luigi's Mansion 3 Ring Fit Adventure Super Mario Maker 2 Super Smash Bros. Ultimate or Yoshi's Crafted World Ring Fit Adventure no like no five year old is going to be playing that Who's gonna, like, the family game is the one you play at Christmas. Yeah. It's the one after your Christmas meal when you all gather around. The, quick kids, come gather around the telly. Join join a grandpa and grandma and, and your five-year-old nephew having a game of ring fit. No. Let's, let's do all the squats and get some yoga positions in. What? No, that's not a family game. Exercising should should not be done well, It shouldn't in, be in a, a game group. anyway, to be honest with you. But no, and it should not be done in a group. It should be done behind <laughs> locked doors and blackout curtains. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> when no one can see you sweating. <laughs> Um, I'm going to go for Luigi's Mansion 3 because it's really um... good. But also, all Nintendo. Yeah, that's my beef with this category. Like, every single one is Nintendo. And firstly, that's just boring. And secondly, Nintendo don't just make family games. Like, Mm. they make games for everyone, Mm. but that doesn't mean that they're only family games. And, like, only... I mean, spoiler, only Smash Brothers appears in Game of the Year out of all of these. And it's like, well, does that mean a family game isn't really eligible for, for Game of the Year? Yeah. Like, and, and why do people look down their noses in Nintendo in this way? It just this is, irritates this, this me. This is exactly like comic book movies not doing brilliant at Oscars. 
Mm, what I'll say about that mm. though is that comic book movies are not great. Like the only <laughs> oh, okay. sorry, sorry. I mean, sorry. I, I do really agree with Martin Scorsese. Just as a quick like tangent, like I don't think he was like, I don't think he was acting crazy with what he said, and he backed it up with the facts. So we'll move on. That's my um, spicy take. Sorry. <laughs> I I think if if I had to pick. If I had to pick a winner, I think I'd maybe go for like Smash Brothers. Mm. But my favorite would be Luigi's Mansion 3. Mm. I've not finished. I've like started. I was like, oh, I'm not feeling this. Although I do need to play it for work anyway. I know, I know. <laughs> I, I know. I felt the daggers immediately. Um, I'm going to say Smash. I haven't played uh, Yoshi's Crafted World. It does seem like something I'd be extremely into. So. Maybe that'll change. But it I'm is, gonna say smash it is for now. adorably cute. Yeah, so I mean, cute. It's. I mean, the, the, the fact that it's all knitted yeah. and there's like little knitted Yoshi's and stuff, right? So cute. Running around. It's best family game, hilarious. not best cute game. That's it, no. exactly. Yeah. What can you so play with? Cutthroat. Damn. I mean, yeah. Jesus. Um, <laughs> a, a nice leap then uh, from uh, Cutthroat into best fighting game: uh, Dead or Alive Six, Jump Force, Ma- uh, Mortal Kombat Eleven, Samurai Showdown, or Super Smash Bros. Again. This category is. Abys- no it's not I just but like it was very much put together by someone who was like oh crap like we need to get a fighting game category together Jump Force is one of the worst games I think I've ever played like and I really gave it a chance I'm not big into like arena fighters anyway but it's just poor like it's a really really bad game it looks terrible the combat's okay but definitely not award nominated let alone mm. award winning like it shouldn't be there where the hell is Soul Calibur 6 like anyway <laughs> yeah, don't get me started about okay. fighting well, games. Just, just name one for us because I as a winner, them, to be honest, I'm gonna say Mortal Kombat 11. I really did Good. enjoy it. Great campaign. Really Ed, good combat. Say a word. Yeah, smash. Fine. <laughs> um, we're sort. Of, I've just noticed how long we're sort of going, and we're not even halfway. Oh, uh, best RPG. We're gonna sort of pick the pace up a bit. So, um, Disco Elysium, Final Fantasy IX, Kingdom Hearts Three, Monster Hunter World, Iceborne, or The Outer Worlds that only came out two weeks ago. I'm going to say Monster Hunter World, Iceborne. It's a hell of a... I wouldn't necessarily call it a role-playing game. Mm, Actually, you know what? I'm going to say Kingdom Hearts 3. Yeah, I was going to say Kingdom Hearts 3. How can DLC... I mean, it's DLC. But it's, it's like... It's more it's than just be a DLC. Damn good, but, yeah. But, it's... What, but what you're saying is, well, not what you're saying, but mm. even by include on this list, it, including a DLC up against Kingdom yeah. Hearts 3, up against, I mean, The Outer Worlds, or any of the other ones, they're proper big games, mm. and you're and and by having an out by having a DLC listed on there seems a little bit uh, like I don't want to waste time, <laughs> but like it, it's a really really good expansion. Okay. Like, yeah. Um, best action adventure game, uh, Borderlands Three. And by the way, we're about to do best action game after this. <laughs> These are the same. The it's same the same games. Sod it. We're going to do the whole thing. Do it. Best action action adventure game. Uh, Apex Legends, Astral Chain, Call of Duty, Devil May Cry 5, Gears 5, Metro Exodus, Borderlands 3, Control, uh, Death Stranding, which literally came out, uh, Resident Evil 2, Legend of Zelda, Link's Awakening. Seems a bit of a jump. Mm-hmm. Um, or Sekiro. Uh, Sekiro, Shadows Sekiro. Die yeah. Twice. Never heard of that one. Like, oh no! It, it's one of the Soulsborne. Oh, yeah. Yes, yeah, so like it came out in what February, March. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Then. Soulsborne with Samurai. Yeah. Rescind my gaming card immediately. Oh dear. Um, I'm gonna say Devil May Cry Five because it's a hell of a game. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. Mm. Like the, if if you have a, st- a I mean, there's story, not much else on there, you there? become an adventure game, not an action game. Yeah. Like 
What? Mm. I, I, I don't understand. I really don't. I mean, my favourite of these would probably be Link's Awakening, but I don't think it's going to win because it's a remake. Yes. And for the yeah. same reason, I feel like Resident Evil 2 shouldn't win. Yeah. Like, it's it's a very good game, but it's still a remake. Mm. It's not like it's something new and original and exciting. It's just, okay, it's that again. It's it's safe. It's solid. It's not exciting to me. Yeah. I, I can't disagree with that, honestly. Devil May Cry, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll skip over VR. Because it's VR, but Beat Saber that has Beat to win. Beat Saber, I've not played it, but it seems it's like pretty so yeah. much fun, so much fun. But they only last about five minutes. They only pique my interest for about five or ten minutes, and then and then after that, you're going to vomit anyway. So that's who it, cares? Because everything's yeah. flying around. So I mean, yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, mobile game, because obviously Sayonara Wild Hearts is on here. Um, Sky Children of Light, Grindstone, Call of Duty Mobile. I'm going to shout out for What the Golf because. It is amazing, and it's for the it's for the golf player. It's, it's for the golf person that doesn't actually play golf, mm. and it is a stupid, stupid game where you think you're swinging the club at the hole, but then the the player throws the club, and you have to get the club in the hole, or the next time the hole itself is moving. And it's like a it's on Apple Arcade. Go and find it. Trust me. Ooh, it, I'm gonna it, download it that waste, right now. It will that waste your evening. Wild, but it's hilarious. Because at one point there's a you're you're about to sort of putt with a grand piano next to you, and then you find you do the motion, and then the grand piano is the thing that moves, and so it's actually used to then you then learn that you're meant to be putting the grand piano, not putting the ball, and it's just it's off the chart stupid. <laughs> one of them, the whole player goes flying down. He swings his club, and then he he himself flies down the the fairway, and Amazing. you have to pot the person, <laughs> and, it, and then it turns into some '80s space infused thing where you're running what? around. Where you're running around a space station with a bo- putting your way around a space station, undergoing other challenges about not getting run over, or then there's bombs coming, and it's it's bizarre. I need this immediately. Yeah, it's I'm literally downloading it. It's brilliantly, brilliantly sold. bizarre. What's the Wi-Fi code? <laughs> <laughs> um, Ed, are you going to go sign our Wild Hearts? Uh, I am. I am. Good. Although I played it on Correct. Switch, so... I played on PS4, funny yeah, enough. Fair. I'm like, I, oh. yeah. It'd be interesting. I mean, the good thing is about a 90-minute game, it wouldn't be tricky to port it over to mobile then, would it? No. It is inherently something that a mobile will cope with perfectly fine. Totally. Uh, best Independent, um, Baba Is You, uh, Disco Elysium, Katana Zero, Outer Wilds, uh, or Untitled Goose Game. <laughs> <laughs> Why is this a category? This, yeah. Why it's sponsored is, by Subway, yeah. which just makes wow. me... Wow. <laughs> what is this, like, elitism yeah. between indie games and AAA games mm. and that they can't be considered a game of the year? Like, I, I'm just not down with that. Like, if these games are good, they should be a game of the year. Yeah. But it I, shouldn't be a separate category. Yeah. Because Untitled Goose... I mean, tell me, someone tell me if I'm wrong, but Untitled Goose was nominated for a Golden Joystick. It was. I think it won. Which is... I think really. Yeah, I think okay. so. Mm. That's which tells you where it belongs yeah. in the pecking order because yeah. it was up against games and it held its own because the beautiful art, the simplicity of it, and just being an arsehole. Just getting resonates just play, with people. Just playing people a game to be an utter arsehole is yeah. amazing. So Untitled Goose gets my vote for that. Yeah, one. I think that's going to win. Oh no, mm, Bubba <laughs> is you is a really well like designed game. If you haven't played it, like... does it have a goose in it? No, but I'm Can tired of geese. Geese are terrible, and I'm actually tired of the geese goose discourse. <laughs> Enough. It was just all right. Stop being so goosest. <laughs> I'll throw out that Katana Zero is also very fun. Yeah. Very violent. Oh. But kind of eighties. 
80s vibe. It's very, very fun. Okay. I, I, I don't think it'll win, but mm. it's, yeah. it's a very fun game. I'm into some violence, so yeah. <laughs> we all know that. Um, we're skipping our best ongoing game because we've literally answered that question. Yeah. Um, games for impact is obviously really important, and we could spend the entire probably podcast talking about these five what games. What does that mean? What does I it think mean? it's the softest way of them saying this is the diversity category, or the political category, or the, polit- <laughs> or the political category, because all other thousand odd games that have been nominated definitely mm. aren't political. But I mean, in it, you have Concrete Genie, uh, Grizz. Kind Words, Life is Strange 2, and Sea of Solitude, which is the most random collection of games I have ever seen in a category. If a game is making impact, it should be Game of the Year. Yes, exactly. Why is it separate? It shouldn't be separate. A lot of people would argue that Life is Strange shouldn't be on that list. It should be a lot higher up. Yeah. A lot higher up. Like Game of the Year higher up. Yeah, 100%. Because that... Yeah, if if a game is making a good positive impact on the world, that should be game of the year. It shouldn't be who grossed the most. It shouldn't be who gets the most downloads. It shouldn't be who's friends with Jeff it, Keighley. Like, come <laughs> back onto your conspiracy theory. Mm-hmm. Stand by it. <laughs> well, we'll get to that in just a second. Yeah. Um. So life is strange too for that one because I mean they're all good and they were that we all like a game that's got impact. Yeah. I mean, Sea of Solitude is beautiful. Um, but Life is Strange 2 is just, yeah, it shouldn't be fun. on that list. Yeah. It should be on the top list. Mm-hmm. Um, best performance, and this is where it all gets a little bit weird. Um, so um, Ashley Birch as Pavati from The Outer Worlds, uh, Courtney Hope uh, from Control, Laura Bailey, Gears 5, Mads Mikkelsen, Death Stranding, mm. uh, Matthew Peretta uh, from Control, and uh, Norman Reedus uh, from Death Stranding. Let's <laughs> nominate the celebrities. So it yeah. is. <laughs> I mean, I'm obviously going to go for Ashley Birch. She obviously plays uh, Pavati, who's our ace character from the Outer Worlds. Uh, she does it really well. I'm, we're interacting. Me, me and Ashley are getting on at the moment in the game. Um, we're sort of getting on. <laughs> we're going really well. Yeah, yeah I do really like um, her character. But... And I only found out, because I should know these things, but I only found out the other day that she voices Tiny Tina. Yes. You, oh. Yeah. Call of, yourself a Borderlands, Borderlands fan. Of, tell me about it. <laughs> Taking of, that of, card away. Of Borderlands, um, another LGBT character, and she voices um, Aloy. Chloe oh. In, Life, oh, yeah. in Life is Strange. Yeah, yeah. Um, so she's making a good sort of ham at the moment of of good LGBT voicing, mm. um, which is really cool. Yeah. There's been a lot of good words around the character and her performance. Mm, so, absolutely. Yeah. I yeah. Think, I and think that would be a good win. And it's actually written, and Pavati, the character, is actually written by someone who has uh, knowledge of being asexual. So Which it's written good. from an absolutely perfect sort of point of view. Yeah. So I think that would be a good win. Yep. Cool. And then, and she's not Mads Mikkelsen or a celebrity or exactly. anything else like, in Death Stranding. Look how um, far gaming's come. We've got film actors. Oh, yeah. Damn. Gosh. <laughs> Cyberpunk and Keanu Reeves. I'm not going to that one, actually, because I'm looking forward to Cyberpunk. After that. <laughs> um, best score and music. Um, I skipped over audio design because... Whiz bang. Oh, mm. yeah, exactly. Um, uh, best score and music, Cadence of... Hyrule. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Death Standing, <laughs> Devil May Cry 5, Kingdom Hearts 3, Sayonara Wild Hearts. I think you're going to say Sayonara, Sayonara Wild Hearts. I am. Um, like, yeah, it's, it's the... It's... It's, I genuinely would listen to it in my own time, yeah. and that's the sign of a good score. Although I will say, Kingdom Hearts 3, like, they've always had really good soundtracks, yeah. but yeah, yeah, like, it is really... And Devil May Cry... To be fair, it's a good category, I'll say that much, because, yeah. like, 
yeah. Also, cadence bangs. Yeah, it really does. That's why I'm like, it, like bar death strandings. I don't care, but mm. like, yeah, the rest of that category is pretty solid. Cool. I'd be happy yeah. to see any of them win Absolutely. apart from Death Stranding. Uh, art direction, control, Death Stranding, uh, Grizz, Sayonara, Wild Hearts, Sekiro, uh, and The Legend of Zelda: Link's Awakening. Ooh. I'm gonna say Grizz just because I feel like it's the underdog. Yep. Yeah. It is stunning. It is absolutely beautiful. I mean, they all are in different ways. I, mean, yeah. I don't know about Death Stranding because I'm not paid. It is. I like. I begrudgingly. Mm. Yeah, it's it's a pretty good looking game, but. Because mm. I mean, even Legend of Zelda: Link's Awakening is is beautifully done. Yeah, it's like a little toy box. In the, yeah, in the palm of your hand. Nice artsy kind it's of. It's really pleasant. Mm. Uh, best narrative, which is the same as another category, of course. <laughs> uh, a Plague Tale, Control, Death Stranding. Disco Elysium and The Outer Worlds. I have no strong feeling. I mean, The Outer Worlds. No Life is Strange, too. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, No Life is Strange. Ridiculous. Best, like... A story based game yeah. with one of the most diverse storylines yeah. out there. Yeah. And it's not good for best narrative. Stupid. Obviously, they're not friends with um, what's his face? Jeff yeah. No, <laughs> exactly. Point proven. Let's Yeah, exactly. Let, let's just go for it. Let's just go balls out and just get on with the sort of. And uh, get on with the um, conspiracy theories. I mean, <laughs> like, because it's very obvious. It it really is. Like, there's no getting around it. And like, yeah, he's got like this really, really weird con- um, complex with Hideo Kojima. And like, I mean, I haven't played Death Stranding yet, but I know that Jeff Keighley kind of pops up in the game as like a kind of caricature, and it's <sighs> like it's almost like that annoying friend that you have. And instead of just like confronting him, Hideo Kojima's done the really petty thing of just like putting him in the game as like this really shitty character. Uh. And I'm like, it it definitely feels like a one sided friendship. And so in order to kind of like you know compensate for that, Jeff Keighley is like nominated for him for all of these awards, which yeah plays mm. into my whole thing. And maybe. I don't know, maybe it'll work out. We shall not, see but... on the 12th of December. Mm-hmm. Um, so, best game direction. I don't really understand that category, I'll be honest. But mm. we, it, it's the same. So, I mean, yeah. Control, Death Stranding, Resident Evil 2 remake, uh, Sekiro, and Outer Wilds. Not Outer Worlds. I... <sighs> Outer Wilds is supposed to be like a really well-designed game. Mm-hmm. I've not played it yet, so I'm going to go with that. Mm-hmm. But and it would be nice to see it win aside from all of the, these big like AAA games so yeah, agreed yeah and as you said Ed, this is literally a remake of the next category which is game of the year mm-hmm. because I mean not but, it, but Outer Wilds swaps out for Outer Worlds confusing and we chuck in Super Smash Brothers for some reason slightly random reason of all the games that you can put in for game of the year it seems like they put it listed all these things out and go oh shit we need to put a nintendo thing in there yeah i know super smash that'll do well, um they should have done luigi's mansion 3 luigi's mansion ring Which fit adventure li- <laughs> 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 all those all those nice family games you can play with for exactly. christmas uh, so game of the year control death stranding super smash um it resident evil lost oh, anyway. yeah yeah, the, the, I think we've sort of established the rules of this are very flexible because this, this can't be very game of the year when it came out Christmas 2018 yes it came out December it, 2018 all lies, yeah. all lies. Uh, this, this conspiracy theory is now becoming a theory right it's not even a conspiracy no. um, Sekiro and the Outer Worlds I mean 
Can we go for none? I'm going to say none. Can, none can of these. Just, can they just keep the award for next year and give two <laughs> prizes to, to to Cyberpunk or something? Because I mean, that's going to be game of the year next year, for honest. <laughs> They'll make up an award for it, especially just if it wins another one. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Now, I would love to see. I mean, I, there was obviously the best impact, which oh, games for impact category. But why? We need diversity. We need categories we need our own awards we need something yeah. that actually goes right these are all the corporate awards so let's go and do why isn't there somebody sort of doing something about well i like to think that maybe the bafta game awards is like the sort of answer to it i know it's not a direct one but when i think of like all the other awards like the tiger awards and stuff it's mm. still very corporate it's people paying essentially to win I feel like <laughs> I mean, literally, disappear me I'm, in the night, I'm, but... I'm just looking at that door, waiting for it. To yeah, thrown, but yeah, I think, open. I think what's cool about the BAFTA Game Awards is I know like quite a few people at BAFTA, and you know they're making a real push towards like first of all including games that aren't necessarily well. I guess that happens when you like change the juries and the boards that mm. end up judging these games. So I think they're making an effort to kind of change up the kind of games that we see nominated and then eventually win. So, I yeah, I am biased because um, I do work with BAFTA quite often. Mm. Um, but I think they are making a conscious decision to kind of be less like the Game Awards or Games Awards. Mm. Um, so maybe we'll see like a different, a completely different lineup in next year's... Well, it's going to be interesting because that's in April, isn't it? Yes. London Games Festival. Yeah. So we'll see what happens on that mm. one. Am I right in saying that the Game Awards is when they often announce new games as well and yeah. have big trailers? Yeah, they, so it feels like it's a big event then, yeah. more mm. than actually yeah. the awards themselves. Yeah, they have, they have behind-the-scenes featurettes and stuff mm. built into it as well. So imagine that many categories plus featurettes plus trailers Oosh. plus everything else. Awful. I mean, the Grammys has 80 categories. Exactly. So. Oh, it's going to be yeah. a long night in L.A. Yeah. <laughs> At least it's not that bad. <laughs> the Game Awards are being held on the 12th of December, um, or as we have it in the UK, 1.30 in the morning on the 13th of December. Mm. So look forward to staying up late to watch that one or just catch it the next day on the news. Take <laughs> yeah. your pick. Um, that's the end of our episode. Uh, a big thank you to my guests, Shay Thompson and Ed Nightingale. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Robin. <laughs> uh, and an even bigger thank you to all uh, to you all for listening. We'll be back in two weeks' time with our next episode. Uh, but in the meantime, keep up with all the LGBTQ video gaming stories on Gaming Magazine. And be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter so you don't miss any of these amazing stories. We are at Gaming Mag. Also, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss any of our new episodes. See you soon. Goodbye. Goodbye.